pull up a bar stool. Oh, we're gonna have some fun today. I haven't had a guest in a long, long time. We're gonna bring back Andrew Foxwell to the show. He's a friend of mine, fellow Wisconsin guy, Packers fan, ooh. And uh, Facebook ads nerd. Love having him here. Now I can actually sit back and drink my beer while someone else is talking as well. Um, we'll talk a little bit about, we have to talk about the Packers game. And if, if you're not a football fan, just bear with us. We're going to tie it back to business as well. Um, we're going to talk about uh, video and how important that is and what you should be doing on Facebook. We're also going to talk about my ads experiment and the crazy things I'm learning there and, and what you can pull from it too. And finally, we'll wrap up with look-like audiences and a little golden nugget from Andrew that if you stick around long enough, he'll share with you at the very end. Now, before we continue, if you like this, hey, make sure you... Go to johnloomer.com slash pub and subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. If you listen on Stitcher, do the same there. I need it. I need your help. Do me, do me a favor. Pop a bottle. Let's do it. Hey, everybody. John here from johnloomer.com and John Loomer Digital on Facebook. Here with another edition of the Social Media Pubcast, where each week I invite you to the virtual pub and we get drunk on social media. Today, really thrilled. This is the first time in a while. I'm thinking back to spring, early summer of 2014 that I've had a guest on the show. So now I don't have to drink by myself. My friend, fellow Wisconsin man, Facebook ads nerd, Andrew Foxwell. How you doing, Andrew? Hey, I'm doing really well. Thanks, John. You're welcome. First of all, before we get to anything, I've got to know what you're drinking. Well, I've got a beer in hand here that's a specialty in Wisconsin, brewed, brewed here and sold only in Wisconsin. It's from New Glarus, and it's a New Glarus Moonman. It's a no-coast pale ale. Nice. So it's a it's a solid, solid beer, and uh, it's one of my favorites, actually, that they have. So got that in hand. It sounds like a good one. Yeah, I'm, I'm limited in my options of Wisconsin beers out here in Colorado, but I did dig up the Lining Kugels Snowdrift Vanilla Porter. Uh, where's, where's it made? Where's it brewed? Up in Chippewa uh, Falls. Well, it's in Chippewa Falls. Yeah, yeah it's that's right. The Lining Kugel family. I got my Lining Kugel paddle right here. That's right. In my room behind me. So, you know, it's all Wisconsin pride all the way. Awesome. All right. Cheers to you, my man. Cheers. Cheers. All right, before we get moving, um, how about a little background? I know you've written for me before. You've been on the podcast. Uh, anyone who's in the Power Hitters Club, which if you're not in the Power Hitters Club, you need to be. Go to John Definitely L- got to be there. That's right, johnlimmer.com slash PHC. Andrew's there. Uh, but get a little background on who you are, what you're all about. Sure, yeah. So I uh, got my start in uh, working on Facebook out in Washington, D.C., uh, and started a social media agency for members of Congress. I always tell people I worked with uh, Congressman John Smith, not John Smith for Congress. Um, so I worked in their official office uh, and helped them communicate with constituents using Facebook specifically around social media. Uh, and then from there, I went to work to, at an agency uh, where we worked with big brands uh, based out of Chicago. The agency was in California though, and I was based in Chi-Town. And, uh, then decided to do my own thing with my uh, business partner and life partner and wife, uh, Gracie. And now we run Foxwell Digital and we've been running the business um, together 
doing a lot of Facebook marketing, a lot of Facebook coaching uh, for a little over a year. Awesome. So yeah. That's a little bit of the background. Yeah, that's, that's good. Thank you. I mean, yeah, Andrew is one of those guys that, um, yeah, I, I reach out to you a lot just whenever I have a question and I don't, I'm not sure about something, especially since you have more of that agency side experience or and big brand experience that, that I don't necessarily have. Um, it's a, you always have a nice perspective. So we're good friends and it's nice to invite you to the virtual pub and actually give me time to drink this beer instead of like feeling like it's just there as a prop. So I'll allow you to talk too. That's nice to have a drink in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah. And, and this is a change of pace. I, and I, a lot of times I record in the morning and we were actually, uh, yeah, we were, we were supposed, thank you for rescheduling. Uh, last night as well as nights, I published a blog post. It was about midnight when it was published, but you know how it is. Like I, I could not amp myself down and like two 30 and I don't know what time it was. I sent you that email. I was like, can we please reschedule? It was at three, three 20 in the morning. Your time. Your time. <laughs> I mean, luckily I did fall asleep soon after that. I was like, there's no, we're, we're going to talk at 9am my time. I was like, I just cannot even imagine having a beer in less than seven hours right now. So thank you. Uh, yeah, the funny thing is, like, this was, this is Tuesday, January 20th. We, you know, so we, we planned this for a while. And last week, or even this last weekend, I was thinking this would be a nice celebratory pubcast episode where two Packers fans talk about how awesome that domination was of the Seahawks and woo, we're going to the Super Bowl. And unfortunately, So so people who aren't football fans or from outside the country or whatever, you're going to be bored for a minute. But I feel like there's there's lots of uh, business parallels here. And I think it's a topic we have to talk about. We're both passionate about. We even kind of held off a little bit discussing it today when we were talking earlier. Because I want it to be a pure discussion here. But what the hell happened, man? I mean, the tough thing is, is... You know, I think uh, the first parallel I see is uh, letting letting a game go stale and letting uh, playing it too safe. And I think the exact same thing can happen with Facebook ads. You know, somebody commented uh, last week, I think it was, on the Power Hitters uh, Club that said, uh, hey, for some reason my ads just dropped off. The performance dropped off one day. It just wasn't there. And uh, the same thing happens uh, to, to happen to the Packers. You know, they, they, they were cruising. They were doing good. And and they just kind of the last five minutes, I mean, the last quarter, really, uh, and the second half in general, uh, dropped off. And, uh, you know, you got to stay on top of it. Facebook requires the work. You have to put the work in and you'll get it out of it. So I think there's a there's a first parallel. But, yeah, I mean, it's, as Aaron Rodgers said, I mean, this is a tough one. This is a tough loss. It's really, really hard. Yeah, and for anyone who didn't watch it or follow it all that closely, the Packers who were like a, I don't know, a t- touchdown underdog, uh, but I had faith in them. They completely dominated the Seahawks in the first half. It was 16 nothing at halftime. Russell Wilson had thrown four interceptions or three interceptions at that point. They had fumbled. I mean, it was The amount of dominations were, was ridiculous, but – they're only up 16 nothing. They basically gave it away with four minutes left. Uh, Seahawks scored 15 points. Uh, Packers ended up tying it. Go to overtime, but it didn't matter. Uh, but there are lots of things that happened in that game. And I don't want to make it a, a whole, you know, break down that game. But there's certain things that, I, you know, I think about when it comes to business in general. I mean, 
you talk about letting things go. I think there's a matter of there's a matter of complacency there that you're kind of referring to, where it's like something is working, and you're just gonna like okay that worked really really well. I'm just gonna sit back and and let it go and continue to ride this wave, and that's as opposed to like innovating and finding finding a new way to succeed with your business. The Packers sat back and were incredibly conservative. I mean, there, it's just it drove me crazy watching it. I know that you were in an airplane and missed a lot of it, but you you didn't miss much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's tough. I I think an interesting interesting thing is that uh, it was very classically the Packers. You know, like it was kind of a, a rough kind of early season and then steady and growth and growth, grow, 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 kept doing well. Rogers and could be the MVP, et cetera. And just being awesome, dominating, really fighting for those wins. And, uh, and then when the time came to really do it, like just to close the envelope, close the deal, it wasn't able to take place. Uh, and, and that was, that was particularly tough. Uh, and I think, you know, the same thing, if you kind of parallel, a little bit to the Facebook side, you know, on the Facebook, in order to keep going and to not drop off, it requires precipitation, right? Like participation, excuse me, (laughs) you need to participate. Like you have to get people in there that um, are, you've got to be working on it. You know, people are going to be commenting. If you're going to put your ads on the, on the third largest website in the United States, at least in the world, I'm not sure what it is in the world. If you're going to put your ads on there, it's going to take time. It's going to take effort. It's going to take you pushing all the way to the end. And can you make a lot of money from it? Absolutely. Can you help a lot of clients from it? Absolutely. But if you're going to do that, it's going to take time and effort all the way to the end. And I think that's something that's really important to consider. It's not just going to be kind of a set it and forget it type of thing. Absolutely. I think that the last parallel I'll mention that uh, before I bore anyone to death uh, with this football stuff, but I think we're, we're both the same in terms of being a Packers fan, a Brewers fan, we're kind of tortured in that our the coaches for those respective teams, uh, they're decent coaches, but they're kind of morons when it comes to stats. And they they are the the epitome of going by your gut coaching, right? And that's the kind of thing that you got to watch out for in business too. And so, like prime example in this game was. The first two times the Packers had the ball at the one-yard line, fourth down, which every statistician in the world will tell you on fourth and goal on the one-yard line, you go for it. You don't settle for the shortest field goal in the world. Each time within the first five minutes or so, Packers settled for a field goal. It could have been at least 7 nothing. It could have been 14 nothing. Instead, it was 6 nothing. And that came to bite him. And it just made me ask a question, made me wonder afterwards, I wonder aloud, do the Packers and teams like the Brewers have a statistician that they pay to save the coach from themselves? So they know, they could say, hey, hey, you know, the odds in this case of scoring a touchdown are X. As a result, you really should go for it in this case. Because I, I swear to God, they just, they go by their gut and they take the conservative route way too often, and it drives me nuts. And the same thing can be said for your business and being way too conservative, going with your gut, and not doing what the, the stats tell you to do. Hey, you know what my brother-in-law would say, John, is Columbus took a chance. 
That's right. <laughs> you know, I mean, hey, look, the only person that's celebrating about the only people, the group of people that are celebrating about this Packers loss are uh, psychiatrists in the state of Wisconsin. Oh, my God. I mean, their business has to be booming right now. People are seriously depressed. Uh, so, and, and if, even if you don't live in the United States, you know how this goes when a sports team loses. It, it's, it's what everybody talks about for at least a week or two weeks. Uh, and this one's going to be talked about for much longer than that. Yeah, I, I don't remember the last time I had sports depression this severe. Like, uh, after that game, I did nothing uh, until it was like noon or something the following day. I slept in and I was a mess. And like, you know, it is just a game. And it's just kind of silly when you think about it. It's like all arbitrary, like what teams we root for because we, we grew up there or our dad was that fan or whatever. There's no real big difference between teams. It's just that's who we ended up with. Uh, so, I mean, look, trying to have some perspective at least. <laughs> but uh, it's painful. So I think it's time to move on from depression and, and drink some beer. All right, let's talk about something fun. <laughs> All right, hold on. You drink. Cheers. All right, so th- that let's let's talk about some fun stuff on Facebook. I mean, as, as we start thinking about 2015, I mean, exciting things happening on Facebook and Facebook ads and Facebook marketing in general. I mean, I don't know how you can talk about this year and not talk about video. I mean, what 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 are your what are your thoughts there in terms of, you know, the the potential and what kind of things you're planning to do with it? Absolutely. I mean, I, I think right now, if you look at the costs that it's, you know, that that are coming across with video, um, they're extremely low. You know, there was an article in in uh, Digiday, uh, I think two weeks ago, uh, or excuse me, two days ago, that was about how basically Facebook is taking a pitch deck around to large agencies and to large brands and saying, look, instead of TV, try Facebook. Uh, and, and if you think about the implications of this, it's huge. You know, uh, Comscore had a thing, I think it was last uh, two months ago, that said that Facebook served as much video as YouTube in the United States. Uh, and it gives you an idea of, number one, how powerful Facebook is in reference to when they're adjusting things in the newsfeed and how they're adjusting things around content. I think that's really gives you an idea of how powerful that is. The second thing I think that that takes place that's really, really crazy uh, is just the implications around telling your brand story. It's not going to be as easy uh, down the road. And we've talked about this for a long time. And this can lead into the next thing we talk about, which I hope we'll be talking about your experiment. But, you know, when you're going to run ads, I'm not saying everybody has the capability of creating a video um, that that's really clean cut. But we do have an opportunity to tell brand stories in an interesting way. And with the rise of video being so huge, you can put something out there. Facebook's going to serve that even organically without any promotion in a much different way than they're going to serve other types of content. Um, And it's going to be something that will have big implications around how people feel when they're there and getting them excited about the experience of your product or your place or whatever it is you're trying to get them to be interested in. So it's going to it's going to basically force people to slow down and tell their story in a new way or in a different way or a more complete way than they already have been doing. Yeah, I, I'm excited, man. It, video, you mentioned that Comscore study. Um, there was something else that came out from Social Bakers, at least of, I, I'm assuming these are their clients, I'm not sure, 
uh, or people who use their software, it, it may be even more than that because they're talking about 200,000 ish brands. But um, those brands now, as of the end of the year, upload more Facebooks to <laughs> more videos to Facebook. I got to drink another beer. More videos to Facebook than they do YouTube. And um, tracking those same brands uh, from the beginning of 2014, YouTube at that time had more than doubled that that output so it's pretty crazy how quickly things change and how important now facebook video has become now it's a completely different animal because like with with youtube video you're talking all about seo and like a permanent place that that video will live where you can find it anytime which facebook's trying to do that kind of with this new uh, featured video area but uh it's clear that it's it got to be an important part of your strategy this year Absolutely. I mean, even if, like I was saying, even from an organic perspective, you know, I have a, a client that uh, they have almost a million Facebook fans. Um, and to give you an idea, looking at the different post types, the different types of content that come out um, on a video post, their average reach of a video post is 12%. And the next closest thing at 6% is a link post. Mm. So it gives you an idea, even without promotion, what that can do. Um, and if you think about this from, from actually an, even an, another crazy angle of the implications uh, is you think about launching right now, we're capable of launching video on Facebook. Okay. So we have a, I'm a brand. I want to tell a story. Uh, I'm a startup. I want to tell my story. I launched that video on Facebook and it lives there. Now, pretty soon we're going to have things through the Facebook audience network. We're going to have things through already. We can target them on partner mobile apps which aren't entirely there yet, but will be. And we're gonna not be able to just launch these on Facebook, we're gonna be able to tell brand stories using targeted ads with the most sophisticated targeting out there on the web and to exactly who we want to. So if you're somebody that's looking at making an investment in telling a story uh, with video and you're gonna put it on TV and you're gonna spend, you know, what, 10, 20, Let's say you spend ten thousand dollars. Let's say you spend. Let's say your local small business and you spend five thousand dollars and you put it on, on a cable channel. You put an ad on there for your local dealership. If you're going to do that, you could spend that five thousand dollars or that one thousand dollars or that hundred thousand dollars, and you could break it out into exactly who you want, and you could make sure that you show it to exactly who you want. Multivariate test between that, and then additionally, you can have it automatically create audiences yeah. off of those people that have viewed it, and then use those and create lookalikes off of those. So that you know, it just keeps going in terms of the implications of how huge Facebook video is. And I think if I'm the people that are listening to this podcast, I would be seriously thinking about how am I going to make sure that I can create five to six new interesting videos in the next six months about my business or about my products to tell my story in a more sophisticated manner. Yeah, that, there's a whole lot we could talk about as far as what you just said. I, I had like five notes in my head as you were talking. Um, but of course, no one can see this in the background. I've got a tripod in my office right now. I'm trying. I, I Video pains me. Like I know I need to do it. Um, but like I don't really like, you know, looking at myself on video. I don't like the way it comes out a lot of times. I don't like how much time it takes to create a good one. And uh, it can be expensive otherwise, too. So, but I'm battling with it because I know this has to be an important part of my strategy this year. 
I'm thinking about doing, like, I've already got a name for it and everything. I've been thinking about doing five to seven of these quick videos a week. Uh, but the, the, the next step is actually getting it done. And uh, I think that's going to be a learning curve for a lot of brands this year is just, is just getting out there and doing something, but experimenting with video. Right. I think an interesting thing is uh, if you think about where you want consumers to come in, um, some people view their website as the place where consumers learn. Yeah. And that's good. And, and that's, and that's, I think the majority of people, they view it as the Facebook ads, the lead to get them interested, you get them over and then they, they use the web experience to build that. And I think the possibility is if your web experience is, let's say it's okay, but you're not super great about it or let, don't feel super excited about it, or let's say it's bare bones. So you offer one product and the explanation is not too complicated. You could lead with the, with a video and you could try with that on Facebook and they may then, you may see better conversions come through. There's been some questions about that on Power Hitters Club as yeah. well. How many people have used them for leads? Right. You know, but uh, the, I think I have used them in client uh, ads um, many times since it's started to autoplay uh, in the last month or so. And I'll tell you, the results for me have been really good in terms of leads. Cool. Uh, I think it's because people, you know, I see that, see that traveling across. You can see people, they watch the video, then they convert on their desktop or whatever. So you have that experience as well, which YouTube doesn't offer. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because... You know, even though there is the call to action button that you can use with these Facebook videos, um, on desktop that call to action button doesn't appear doesn't appear until the end. And um, so I was, you know, I, I was wondering how successful it is for actual leads and conversions as opposed to just being great in terms of um, reach and engagement. But you're saying that it can work for for leads and conversions as well, huh? Yeah, I have two clients that are yeah e-commerce clients and they've been using it um, with a video. And in the first week, they both broke even with their link posts or unpublished posts that they had going um, in terms of CPA costs. Uh, one of them's mildly kind of a B2B uh, e-commerce-ish type thing and then another one's straight e-commerce product. Um, so yeah, they. I mean, I think they'll only get better. You know, I, I think the other reason that it's so important is, you know, uh, Facebook mobile, you know, people are on their mobile devices yeah. three times more than they are on desktop. Right. You know, so they'll make more customization options like that button, you know, in video. Uh, and it's only going to get better in terms of click through and things like that. So, yeah, they've been doing pretty well. And I think they'll only improve. Yeah. And, I mean, you, you talk about creating those face those video view audiences. And so for anyone who doesn't know about this. And if I'm not mistaken, it's still not available everywhere. I think I've heard from people in Australia who don't have it, for example. But and really, you need to have a pretty big budget to to take advantage of it, regardless. But essentially, how it works is when you upload this video, um, you're creating an ad. There's a checkbox where you can create an audience out off of those people who viewed the video. If I'm not mistaken, that's three seconds plus viewing the video. Is that right? Yep, that's yeah. correct. So if, if you get at least a thousand views within a 24 hour period of, again, three seconds or more, Facebook will generate a custom audience of all those people who viewed that video. Now, you mentioned lookalikes. Um, and first of all, get a thousand views in 24 hours. That's not going to be cheap. So you, you should be looking to be spend, spending several hundred dollars a day um, in order to, to, to get that type of boost in most cases, depending on the video. But um, that's you talk about look like audiences and like using that to 
target similar people. I, I think another way to, to look at this, um, and this kind of leads us into the experiment in a minute, but is you're, you're kind of creating a little bit of a funnel, right? Um, using the video, which is something that people get engage with at a very high rate, targeting a broader group of people, showing this video to them and finding out which of these people will actually engage with that video and watch it for three seconds or more. When those people do, they're added to that uh, video view custom audience. And so this might be an introduction to some sort of problem, right? You're not, because I hate it when people, we, we just jump in and sell stuff. Uh, to people who may not know who you are or whatever, but this video is a great introduction to something, maybe a problem you have or whatever that may not even have a cell in it. But they watched it, you know, it resonated with them in some way. They're added to this custom audience. Then you remarket to them with a second ad for the product that solves the problem that was addressed in that video. What do you right, think exactly. That? I mean, and I think that's that's really where um, it's going to come down. I mean, I spend a lot of time in coaching sessions talking to people about. Okay, we're going to send. We can send people to your site, Facebook. I can build you ads that will send people to your website at a very low cost all day long. Uh, but once they get there, what do they see? What do they care about? And it is about telling that story. It's about the sequence of that story. It's about what's your value proposition. You know what. What sets you apart? You know, if you're going to try to sell people, you know, a $10 thing, you could probably do okay with that with just running link post ads. Uh, but if you're going to try to sell people a product that's 40 to 50 to $100 to $200, they're going to need to think about that. And they're going to yeah. need to understand really why they're going to do that. And it's and Facebook can do that for you really well, but you're going to have to sequence them. And I think that top level right now on Facebook there's really almost nowhere better to begin that with Facebook than other than with Facebook video, um, because it allows you, you know, just an, a different experience that you can tell your story through. Uh, that's much different than just a, a an ad that they click on and then they go to your site and then you try to tell a story on your site. So it's a, it's a very unique way to think about it. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, so sh- shifting gears here a bit. Um, so, you know, talking about you know, how, how engaging that Facebook video is and also about reaching the right audience and, you know, the, the types of amazing things you can do when you reach that audience. Uh, I think that takes us to that, this experiment that I've just been so excited to talk about lately. Um, for anyone not aware, first of all, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, go to johnlimmer.com slash suck, I think. Because the, the, the original blog post was about Facebook ads don't have to suck. Um, and, and the old concept, it was uh, the December 30th, middle of the night again, and I couldn't sleep. And this, this idea came to me. It's like, what if, what if Facebook ads weren't something that people wanted to avoid? What if they're something they actually wanted to see and were looking, you know, searching for them? And it sounds like a perfect world, but... Um, so far, so good. So basically, I, I, I wanted to serve exclusive content only via these ads. You can only see the next tip if you read the first one and click the first ad. Um, so that, that was the, the, the premise. And there's, there was a lot of exclusions going on. So excluding anyone who, who already read that post so you didn't have to spend money on them again. Also excluding people who wanted to opt out and say, okay, I don't want to see these things anymore. 
Um, all this using website custom audiences. So that's kind of the background. But the thought is similar again to what I was talking about with the, the Facebook videos in that I started with a broad audience. I just created one ad targeting people who are my fans, my website visitors, even messed around with some lookalike audiences saying, hey, I'm running this experiment. Do you want to participate? So large, large number of people saw that ad. 99% probably, if not more, maybe um, ignored it. Some clicked. So it's a matter of, you know, trying to trim the fat. Uh, someone clicked it and said, yeah, I would love to participate in this. Those are my people, first of all, if they clicked on it. So I, I love knowing that. So then they fall into this little funnel where we're looking at a very small number of people, uh, but highly targeted. So tip number one shows up to anyone who clicked that first ad. And they're, they're searching. I had people complaining to me. Why haven't I seen this ad yet? I've been searching all over Facebook. Why? And that's like the greatest thing in the world as an advertiser to hear something like that. You know it's working. So, I mean, just think about uh, just like all the creative things. Because I, I, I've gotten in this rut too. And I, I don't really like the act of advertising personally. I don't like selling and all that stuff. I don't like the copy and imagery, all that stuff associated with it. I like the nerdy stuff that goes along with advertising. Like the stats and the split testing, all those things. But the actual selling part I don't like. And in reality, it's like, well, what if we looked at it differently and we actually tried to provide value in these ads as opposed to just, you know, buy my crap you've never heard of me before? Yeah, I mean, I think there's something that's really important about what your experiment is showing. And it's, it's something I don't think a lot of people have thought about uh, is kind of this. There's a, there's a disconnect between advertising and content. Um, I think in a lot of places, right? People see ads as a way to get their product out there. They see content as a way to talk about something, you know, their product and, and what it can do. Um, but there's there are different types of conversations um, and they're in different places. And I think the important thing that Facebook is looking for right now is to try to make sure that advertisers uh, and content producers are producing things that are the most valuable. Um, and they're things that people wanna hear about and they wanna talk about. And they and it's, you know, it's that participate word again. It's, it's you sure very, it's not, you sure it's not precipitate? Yeah, precipitate. <laughs> <laughs> I need to stop drinking in the <laughs> afternoon. And like, there's something about that, right? That, that you want people to get in and learn your story. And if you think about what we've traditionally done in e-commerce of telling uh, getting a product out there. You want to tell people about that product. Um, what you do is that, that a lot of, a very common thing that people do is they'll use Facebook as the front end of that. They'll get people in, they'll get their email, and then they'll do that sequencing over email. Um, and they'll do that yeah. sequencing to tell their story over email. And I think what you're proving here is that it doesn't have to be done over email. Mm -hmm. Facebook can actually serve that whole purpose. And Facebook can serve as a, as a way to tell that story, to talk about that value. And to, and to provide that. So I think that's a big part of, uh, of what we're looking at here is, is it flips on its end and on its side kind of what advertising is. It doesn't have to be just the front end. Yeah. It doesn't have to be just one part of it. It can be the whole thing and it can be the place that you tell the story. And you also don't have to spend a lot of money. When you start right. to spend money to show people things that they already are interested in, 
your costs go through the roof. What was that one statistic? You yeah, told yeah, me? yeah. I was about to because because don't get me wrong. I I've, I've spent a decent amount of money getting people into the experiment, but those who are in it, this is ridiculous. All right, so for all eight of my tips on day one of when of the, when that tip was shown, okay, I've spent a total of. $34.80 on day one of that tip. So understand this is staggered. They weren't all published on the same day. Those That $34.80 resulted in 2,215 website clicks. I mean, just that's, awesome. that's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's unheard of, and, I would say. And, and, you know, for me, it, look, this all comes down to industry. Too. Like, I, it all has some smart guys always come out and say, I always get one to two cents for a website. Like, you, what kind of industry are you in? I hope you're making billions of dollars of that. Um, for me, because uh, I drive traffic on a regular basis. Every time I pu- publish a blog post, I, pr- I promote it to fans and website visitors. Those people give me, on average... 18 cents ish per website click. So to get one to two cents is absolutely ridiculous for me. And it's eye opening and it's like, this is groundbreaking for me. Now, I I think you touched on something that was really important the fact that we can use this similarly to how we use a newsletter. Again, understand this is website custom audiences. Also, you are going to see Facebook ads, whether you like it or not. That's how Facebook runs. You might as well make them something that interests you. So all you have to do is instead of providing email, I don't like providing my email address. I do not opt into email newsletters. I end up getting their stuff because I bought something, but I don't, I'm really protective of that. So I've got to think that easily 90% of people, if not more than that, feel the same way. If you're going to see ads anyway, make them worthwhile. Just tell them, hey, if you want to see this, make sure you get this exclusive content in the future, just click this link. That's it. Don't provide an email address. They can provide one later if they want, if you have some some sort of opt-in along the way. But uh, this just gives you a whole new way to reach an audience and kind of looking at it similarly to how you look at the way we use newsletters right now. And I'm kind of excited about because I'm thinking about ways, how can I promote, do a better job promoting my podcast, for example. One way I've been doing is is running ads, but I'm like, man, some of these people probably don't listen to podcasts. So what I'm planning to do is I've got an email list of 50,000 people. I'm going to send out an email to everybody in that 50,000. It's like, do you listen to podcasts? Would you like to be alerted when my podcast is available? Just click this link and they'll be added to a website custom audience and probably maybe even tagged because they're already in my email list, email system any, anyway. But then that, then I'm only targeting the right people when I promote that podcast every time. So I, I think it just right. gives us some incredible power that we can work with. Well, it's really fun to think about. I mean, I think number one, uh, Facebook, it's important to point out just going at a top level, look at the 40,000 foot view here. If you're a business, big or small, uh, in almost any industry, there's really no better place to advertise than on Facebook. Everybody needs website traffic. Everybody needs to tell their story. And whether you like it or not, it's a necessary evil, you know, to some people. To me, it's a pleasure to get people to websites, you know, that, that make sense to tell stories. That's fun. But you have to get people there. And I think a large part of it that not a lot of people think about is what's the experience 
that you have beginning to end with those people. So what's the experience of them seeing an ad and going to your site and looking around and checking things out? And then what do you do to follow up on that? And what do you do to follow up on that? And how do you communicate and keep them engaged continuously? Yeah. And I think the more that we look down the road, six months, six years, we have been seeing in the previous year, in the previous two years, really since Facebook marketing started really cranking up, that they are rewarding people that help and understand, help consumers understand as easily as they can what the experience is of their product. And it's an experiential marketing. And so that's why your experiment is such a big deal because it helps to understand and, and actually segments people out that want an experience. People want, they want to click in, they want to participate. They want to see what that, what that content is. They want to read that blog post. They want to read that tip. They think it's intriguing, it's engaging. And when they get to the end of this, you know, those are your people that are the absolute mm -hmm. most engaged, most interested in what you're doing. Yep. And if you translate that to any other business, car dealership, of concert venue, anything that you can think about, that's going to be the exact people you want to talk to. And they're your VIPs. What's better than spending $30 or $100 to get a list of your VIPs and getting website clicks for a cent, for two cents, for 10 cents? You know, that's the experience you want to provide. And so thinking about that beginning to end is not something that a lot of people do. And I think what you're doing here is pointing that out. And I think that's really important. Yeah, I think the other thing that is that this emphasizes how important the website click is these days. I mean, without the website custom audience, I mean, it was still important. But there's just so many, because I, I always talk about this as being kind of that first step of your funnel with Facebook ads right now. So like you, you target a large group of people, you want a really light action. Promote a blog post, it's really, really helpful, there's no strings attached, you're not asking for anything, and you drive them to your website. Once they're there, that's them expressing interest in you or this product or service or whatever, this niche, this subject matter. So then you can you know, you can target them later with another ad. And it just that's what makes um, all this so powerful. Uh, so when they're there, then okay, they've been there. They've read you. They 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 trust you. So now you can try to get an opt in. So you remarket to them. The same thing with the video that we're talking about too. So I think everyone, you know, regardless of whether you try to run an experiment like mine, where it's like you try to offer value in exchange for um, just clicking your link. Um, bottom bottom line, I mean. Your primary goal, first goal, I said, first goal should be like along a funnel, drive traffic. Because you get that traffic, you can do so many things with those people. You can get them to like your page. You can promote to them in the future to read another blog post, get them to opt into something. You can sell them something. And it's not nearly as intrusive or presumptuous when you target them. You're like, oh, yeah, I do have interest in that. That makes sense. So, so many opportunities there. Now, I don't want to spend, you know, we're running out of time here. We're actually over time. I don't even care. But I uh, <laughs> want to shift gears one more time. But how much beer you got left? Uh, I got about a quarter left. All right. I'm going to take a big drink here. Hold on. Cheers. I got kind of backwash left now. All right. So final subject. I know this is something that is near and dear to your heart. Um, you mentioned lookalikes at one point talking about um, the video views audiences. I mean, lookalikes for me, 
there, there's something that for my own business, I don't touch normally unless um, I want to spend a lot of money and I want to reach a really, really broad audience in the beginning and just target my fans and website visitors isn't enough. Um, that said, you know, there are a lot of brands out there who don't have that built in audience that those website visitors, those fans, or maybe they do have a, a budget of 10,000 or more per month and you've got to reach a broader group of people. So lookalikes in that case can be very, very helpful. But I mean, and what, what kind of results are you seeing? How, how are you using lookalike audiences? Well, lookalike audiences for me are, you know, the, the main thing that I do when people say I want to reach more people, yeah. uh, you know, those customers will say, uh, I want to, I want to talk to people who look like my email list. I want to get more people in here. I want to, uh, I want to show this to more people. And Andrew, why don't you really quickly explain then what a lookalike audience actually is for anyone not educated on that? Yeah. So, I mean, lookalike audience, what it is, is you're able to put in your email list, uh, or you can do other things like a list of Facebook user IDs uh, or phone numbers. Uh, but most commonly used is, is Facebook, uh, excuse me, your email list. And you load that into Facebook. And what Facebook does is puts it through a secure hashing process, which means that they match those email addresses with the email addresses that people have on Facebook. And then you're able to take that custom audience and say to Facebook, hey, Facebook, find me people that look exactly like the people on this list based on about 2,000 similarity factors. Mm -hmm. And that number of, of uh, 2,000 is something I actually asked Facebook small business, uh, a director of small business, Dan Levy, this summer, uh, this Facebook small business workshop in Chicago, uh, how many factors go into hmm. the lookalike audiences. And he said, and I said, is it more than 1,000? He said, yes. And I said, is it more than 2,000? He said, maybe. So I'm just going to tell people But it's a it's a perfect way to find people that truly do look exactly like the people on that list based yeah. on actions, what they do on Facebook, what they like on Facebook, mm -hmm. um, what types of photos they've uploaded, what type of activities they do, they do, where they check in, do they have kids, do they right. not have kids, and, things like and, that. and more people need to be doing this because I think the most popular way of targeting is sitting down and like just randomly typing in interests. Right, like oh, right. They, they like social media marketing, Facebook marketing, blah, blah, blah. and they're not even thinking about, um, you know, I mean, they're they're doing all they can to think about who their target audience is, but Facebook is automating this process for you by actually looking at who your customers are and finding the similarities between them and spitting out a list that you can target. Now, I mean, you talk about email lists. I tell you, what I prefer to target, I think that you probably have another option as well. The the look like audience I like to create is for from my website visitors. And the reason for that, and over the last 30 days, the reason for that is the email list, though effective and, and important, um, I mean, depending on how, how well updated and segmented your email list is and what kind of email list you're talking about. But if I do have my full email list as a custom audience, and that dates back three years, and if I create a lookalike audience off of that, it's not all that accurate in terms of my target audience now. Um, some of those people three years ago bought from me or opted in or whatever, may have moved on and do not care anymore about Facebook and they may have all kinds of different interests now. As opposed to if you visit my website over the last 30 days, that's also probably a bigger group of people, um, it's more relevant and I, I feel like that 
should be at least more effective. That's the way I rationalize it, at least um, when, when I use that lookalike audience. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good idea and good way to think about it. And, you know, especially if uh, looking at your email list in a different way, you know, I think you're, you're pointing out something that's important, which is that there are so many things you can create lookalike audiences off of. You can create a lookalike audience off of your email list. You can create a lookalike audience off of your website visitors. If you have that website custom audience pixel on there, you can create a lookalike audience off of your page fans. Yep. You can create one. And not many people know this. this is one of my favorites, but you can create a lookalike audience off of people that have converted on your website. If you have the website, if you, excuse me, if you have the Facebook conversion pixel, yeah, you can say to Facebook, find me people that look like those that have bought. I mean, what's better than that? Yeah. You know, so there are so many options for that creation of the lookalike audience that are so powerful that it's something to use. And I'll say one of my favorite tricks, and this is a little tidbit in here for anybody that's going to get to the end of this podcast this is the golden <laughs> nugget but one of one of the most powerful things across any vertical that i've used on facebook targeting is a lookalike audience uh, off of an email list or off of a uh you know the website visitors and layering in affinity targets or pages that are similar to your pages or your competitors that you're trying to target so you're targeting people that look exactly like your perfect customer that also like pages of your competitors mm -hmm. and that is so much fun and so targeted that almost nobody can match that yeah and, and if you haven't done it yet i strongly encourage anyone listening to use audience insights again don't guess about what these pages should be now i know this is i feel like this is kind of like a you know a, a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow that nobody can find because so many people complain about not being able to see the pages that people like who are your customers, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I, I, there must be a minimum of something like 50,000 people or whatever in the audience. But if you have enough people who are on your email list to visit your website, and like what I did is I looked at, I created a website custom audience for the last 180 days, and I had audience insights break it down. So this is a huge, huge group, and found out what the common page likes were for them and the common page likes for my fans, and the common page likes for people on my email. So there were four main pages that came up in, in, in these um, results. Those were Social Media Examiner, Amy Porterfield, Mari Smith, Facebook for Business. So what do we got? If you do what Andrew says here, create a lookalike audience for from whatever, and say, okay, anyone who like, who's, who's similar to people who are on my email list or visit my website, who also have one of these interests, those four I just mentioned, that could be extremely effective. Is that kind of what you're saying? Exactly, that's exactly what I'm saying. And using that audience insights tool is, is a really hidden gem that I don't think a lot of people have gotten into. Um, so yeah, it's a lookalike audience plus those other pages um, that you maybe discover and uh, layering those things together. And that's, I would say that's probably the most powerful thing uh, type of targeting that you can that you can use on Facebook uh, because it finds you brand new people that have kind of a double whammy of being your perfect person. Yeah, so, I, it's really like that it. next step after targeting people connected to you. And you're like you're gonna find people most likely to be that next group of people who you know want want to be connected to you, and that's a great way to do it. Now, um, you talked about and I know we're like way beyond time. I don't even care. There's one more question that I have for you. Um, just 
get your feedback on this. Because I mean, you talk about creating a lookalike audience off of a conversion pixel, which is, is awesome. Um, of course, you can also create a, a lookalike audience off of your customers in two other ways that, that I've done. So that would be your email list, a segment of email list of people who bought a particular product. And also, if you because uh, I always put create uh, website custom audiences for the success page as well. So then I can exclude yep. exclude those people from targeting if they've already bought it. I don't want to target, yep. get, target again. So is there any you know significant difference between creating a lookalike audience off of the conversion pixel versus the website custom audience of the success page or the email list of the people who have bought? I don't think so. I mean, I think the most accurate the, the, there's two that are really common if you're trying to exclude people that have already purchased. Um, the most common are what you've talked about, the one that you've excluded, basically um, your uh, the website custom audience on that success page or your current customer list, and then loading that in and excluding that. Um, and you know the benefit that you get of that website custom audience on the success page as an exclusion tool is that it'll be dynamic. So yep, it'll yep, upload, it'll, exactly. const, it'll constantly exclude those people that have done that because it's a 30 day rolling window versus the email list, which is, you know, something you're gonna have to upload every week or every other week to exclude. And the conversion, and, the conversion pixel, there's no, there's no duration limit on that, right? On the conversion pixel, there's, there's no duration limit. Yeah, you're right. So I think, I think that's the biggest difference here. So, um, cause on one hand I see the conversion pixel being the equal to just creating a website custom audience of the success page and they're both dynamic. They're both based on browsing. Um, so like the email list is the biggest weakness there is like that, that email address may not be the same email address they used, uh, for Facebook. So the, it's only like 50% you can be able to get out of that, um, when it comes to the targeting or excluding. Uh, so I guess the the website custom audience, the success page, and the, the conversion pixel are almost identical. I'd love to, first of all, compare these two to see if they're identical. But the difference being um, there's still a 180-day limit on the website custom audience. So if, yes. if you've got a product that can be sold beyond that 180 days, all the more reason to be creating a lookalike audience off of the, the conversion pixel instead. So I think, we just, I think we just solved that problem there. <laughs> so there you go. There's the solved problem, and everybody that stayed till the end of this and listened to it, you win a prize. So you can email John and I, and and we'll send you a special prize because uh, you just got a golden nugget here at the end too. No, e- email Andrew because I, I have no idea what that prize would be. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, yeah, we're we're way beyond time, but it's cool because this this is fun. I had a lot of fun. I, I just uh, asked the, the the bartender for a tab and. You're a good dude, man. Uh, you, you know, we, we've, we've been friends for a while. I think you probably paid for my tab enough times. I'll, I'll, I'll take care of you this time. Uh, I appreciate it. But, uh, yeah, thanks for being on the show. Uh, where, where can people find you? People can find me at foxwelldigital.com, uh, and, or you can find me at, at Andrew Foxwell on Twitter. Um, but most easily, just Foxwell Digital is a good way to get a hold of us and find out what we're all about. Oh, and within the Power Hitters Club, johnlimmer.com slash PHC, right? Yeah, so you're going to want to check out two things before your weekends. You're going to want to check out uh, Power Hitters Club, and you're going to want to sign up for that, and you're going to want to check out johnlimmer.com backslash suck. 
Yeah. Check that out. I, yeah, I sure hope that's that. the right link. Otherwise, that's just, that's just <laughs> ridiculous. All right, man. Thanks so much for being on the show. I guess go Brewers, huh? You bet. Go Brewers. Cheers. Man, that was awesome. Thank you again, Andrew, for being on the show. Um, I need to have guests more often. And really, that's one of my goals for this year. If you li- listen to my podcast a few weeks ago, um, I want to do more of this. I want to. I don't want to just be talking to myself and hearing my own voice. I want to have time to drink that beer. Now, before we wrap up, just make sure you go to johnlimmer.com slash suck to learn more about that experiment. johnlimmer.com slash pub to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. All right. Until next time, do awesome things. I'm out. Yeah.